The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined by Denny Carter, Kyle Dvorak. It's week two of free agency, and you better believe the multi-year deals are still flowing like... No, no one got a multi-year deal. <laughs> free agency period. Um, we're here to talk about one-year contracts for players like Dalton Schultz, Devin Singletary. I'm, how many years is the Damian Harris contract? Just uh, one, I think. Few I think years. For eight games. Miko, yeah, Miko Hardman <laughs> signed... Uh, we're going to talk about the Mike Jacecki. I know people are dying. Actually, people are probably dying here. But I'm, I'm dying. Free, free agency one. is so bad that the NFL is like introducing the NBA 10 day contracts when you're down <laughs> to like six dudes on your roster. So you have to like swing a G League player up and they're like, eh, you're on here for our Thursday night game, the next Sunday game, and you're out the door by Monday. We're going to talk about all that. But first, Denny Larry King Carter uh, was on a, a bit of a rant before the podcast started. Uh, uh, he recently saw. A feature film starring uh, Adam Driver, uh, I believe he's been nominated for several Academy Awards, Then he, yeah. where you said he, quote, shoots dinosaurs, and you didn't think it was that good. <laughs> you didn't think it was very good. Uh, why don't you tell the people about 65, as it's being called by the Zoomers? 65. And yes, uh, the Zoomers are calling it 65. It's called 65, even though the events happened 66 million years ago, but I guess maybe that didn't. <laughs> That didn't test as well with the 11 year olds that they were trying to appeal to here. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, no, this doesn't look good. I'm looking at the just the posters. This film right. does not look So great. I saw it because look, my son's 10. He likes lasers. He likes things blowing up. He likes dinosaurs. He likes sci fi. Okay. We're big in the sci fi together. I enjoy all, I enjoy that he enjoys that. Okay. And there's a lot of good sci fi out there. And I'm, I'm, I fear that seeing modern sci-fi will turn him off to the genre because it's all terrible. It's all, this movie had, I, when I tell you it had no story, I'm telling you, I mean that it it had no story, nothing developed. You felt nothing for the characters. Okay. They were just cardboard cutouts running around prehistoric earth, shooting dinosaurs for no reason, trying to look, I'm going to ruin, I'm going to ruin the movie here. Okay, please. So, so every, so, you know, cover your ears or skip ahead or whatever. Cause I know if you're dying to see 65, this is going to ruin it. They're, they're trying to, they crash on Earth, guys. Okay. Uh, it, from another planet. It's so kind of the planet of the apes thing. They, yeah. They crash on Earth. And, uh, folks, there's a meteor coming. 
that's going to wipe out the dinosaurs. <laughs> and so it's gotta, based on a true story, actually. We got to get off this planet before that meteor hits. So, uh, so they do, uh, and that's the story. Um, and that and it's it's him and saving a, a, a little girl. I, I I just I it's actually just like the the worst movie I've ever seen by far by far. It's not even close. First off, you say how, what was Chilexilub's name? You say its name next time. I can't for the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Oh, okay. I, I can't pronounce it though. Uh, what were you no saying, Kyle? Rotopat, what's the last time you've seen a movie in theaters? Because you have kids, so I assume you're actually doing this. I haven't gone in years, man. Well, it was right before the podcast I revealed the most recent film I saw in theaters. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, about cartoon cats. Who It was definitely better than 65. There's like a like a wish or something. You know, like someone wants to make it. Uh, they're running around like a bunch of cats. Look, look I, I, I get that a guy like Adam Adam Driver, who, you know, I've seen movies with him where he is quite good. Yeah, he wanted yeah. to let off some steam making 65. I, no, and I get it. Like occasionally you have to cash in that ticket. To get the easy money, so you could go make the good movies that don't make as much money because no one wants to see good movies. They want uh, people just want to see bad movies. So, like sixty five. So I get I get cashing in. He's not the first to do it. Okay, many respectable actors have made terrible action movies in order to get some money. Um, but you got to choose a little more wisely. Like you have to be a little more selective. Then I don't know the worst movie to ever be made by humans is that that's that would be my. <laughs> You're saying basically the film is Turok the dinosaur hunter cut scenes um, yeah. from the N64, not a new version of this. Yeah, game. I, it kind of sounds like it actually. Yeah, I. Denny uh, has no idea what Turok the dinosaur hunter is, and of course Kyle doesn't either. No, I, I I've heard of it. I've never played it. But I heard it. Well, you drive around shooting dinosaurs for no reason. <laughs> It's kind of the whole point of the game. Yeah, uh, yeah lots of dinosaur shooting. Uh, also, there were dinosaurs that didn't exist, apparently. My, my son looked it up, said that it was fraudulent in its history. So it got his history all wrong. Yeah, I mean, and Chie- Chie- Chieksulub is now, of course, suing the producers of the film um, for <laughs> portraying it in such a negative light. And, you know, it's just, it was a natural process. It doesn't think it did anything wrong. It's not a villain. An asteroid yeah. has to hit something. It does. And it hit Earth. And why why portray that in such a negative way? You can't cancel the asteroid. Yeah, don't cancel. By the way, I called I, I just realized I, I I said meteor. That was dumb. It was an asteroid. Yeah, that's an asteroid that wiped out those dinos. And, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, that should be. Um <laughs> and I well, by the way, I wanted to see the <laughs> no no rotor pack. Go ahead, transition. See, oh. work this transition. Let's yeah, right. <laughs> I wanted to see blue people too in theater. Uh Avatar. Where they go like take swimming lessons or whatever, but no one would see it with me because uh, it's four and a half you? hours long. Yeah, it, 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 how long is it? It's uh, five hours and twenty two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, I have to. I, I gotta hand it to the makers of sixty five. That thing was ninety minutes on the dot. I appreciate the hell out of that. Thank you. That's thank a throwback to like action movies of of your time. Yeah. They, thank you for not making me sit through sit through two and a half hours of that. I I actually would be, you know, in, uh, in, in agony. At that but yeah. There's an ongoing debate in crisis in Hollywood about people don't want to quote, see movies made for adults. Um, and yeah, we need to probably work on that. So uh, we need, we need, we need some better podcast topics and boy, <laughs> did the New York jets deliver by finally trading disgruntled now third year pro Elijah Moore, who popped as a rookie, the entire dynasty fantasy community and just the redraft fantasy community thought the number 34 overall pick of the 2021 draft was essentially the number one overall pick 
of the 2021 draft. He had a decent rookie year, far less decent 2022. He was big mad, I believe is the scientific phrase, all year. Wanted a trade, has now received a trade to the Cleveland Browns. Reviews are now quite mixed on this deal. I've seen people say both teams got ripped off. Uh, you know, the fantasy community is much more divided now on Elijah Moore. Denny Carter, what are our initial thoughts on Elijah Moore becoming a Cleveland Brown? I Look, I kind of like it, and I, I may be on an island here, but... You will be canceled went, by the there, Well, and, you know, just let, let me have my free speech just for a moment before I'm canceled. Uh he he had a he had a not so bad rookie year in a terrible Jets offense. Okay, like I think you you have to look at Elijah Moore or any Jets pass catcher in the context of they had a Being bottom Jets a bo- right a bottom three. <laughs> yes, just to put it simply, being a Jet. But you had a bottom three uh, quarterback in in uh, Zach Wilson. I'm being generous by saying bottom yeah, three. Come on, so tell us how you really feel about Zach Wilson. I don't think if, that's like a praise coming from you for Zach Wilson. I'm trying. You know, the, the thing is, I've been I spent all week saying Baker Mayfield is the worst quarterback in the NFL. So I can't I can't say <laughs> Zach Wilson is. Uh, but as a rookie in 2021, uh, Elijah Moore was 14th in targets per route run among receivers who ran at least 200 routes. Um, you know, his yards, his yards per route run was not great. It was outside the top 30. It was second on his own team behind Corey Davis, but we're not going to talk about, about that point. Um, like all jets pass catchers over the past two seasons, Elijah Moore excelled when Zach Wilson was not under center, uh, that particularly the last five games of his rookie season before an injury, uh, put him out for the rest of the year. So I, I I think you, you kind of have to squint. But Elijah Moore might be good, and he's entering a Cleveland offense uh, that is apparently, reportedly, going to open it up a little bit and not be the hyper-conservative sort of backward offense that they were last year, more four wide receiver sets and everything. So if he gets if he gets an every-down role running routes in that offense, I, you know, you could do worse. Kyle, uh, now explain to us why they actually are doing worse. And why Elijah Moore not commanding targets as a sophomore was quite concerning. Yeah, usually to be productive as a receiver, you need to get targets, uh, which is uh, a thing, as you pointed out, he didn't do per ESPN stats and info. He was dead last among receivers in his second year in uh, targets per route run. I mean, he was terrible by pretty much any metric. He PFF had him 97th in yards per route run. Only 102 receivers qualified. He's among the worst receivers in the league. His target share in general dropped by 6% to, to just shy of 13% in a second season. All terrible metrics. Uh, just no no positive spin to put on a second year. It was awful. But as Denny pointed out, like he really did show promise in his first season. And I thought he was a really strong prospect. I mean, just looking at his final college season, he averaged 157 yards from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. 157. That is so many yards. That's a football field, a half of a football field, and then seven more 100s <laughs> of that football field. <laughs> Thank you for that so many. <laughs> so he was a, a really strong, intriguing college prospect. He looked really good his rookie year, at least promising his rookie year. Like then he said, he showed an ability to earn targets. He pushed for almost 20% target shares, just under 19 as a rookie that's like that's promising and sure he wasn't dra- he was, wasn't drastically efficient you expect that from the jets he was like neck and neck with Corey davis and yards per outrun it wasn't like Corey davis was lapping him by any means so 
I thought that was all really pointing up. And then last year it all came crashing down. Now he gets a change of scenery. He gets, he was going to get a better quarterback either way, but he will from 2022 to 2023 have a better quarterback, uh, an offensive coordinator that maybe wants to play him. That looks like that should be good. You generally want that to score fantasy points. I think last year was bad and typically bad seasons. Uh, you know, they, they predict future bad seasons. But so much was going on. There are so many confounding factors that I want to buy into the hope a little bit. I, I think I'm coming around to just how solid in bad circumstances his rookie year was that we're not forgiving the second year, but we're just taking it all in context. I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. I mean, Elijah Moore had such high dog levels coming into the NFL that made his former college teammate, A.J. Brown, the cry. I don't know if you guys saw that video yeah. after Elijah Moore was drafted. Like, yeah. AJ Brown is like so proud of him, like such a big believer in him. Like, so like if AJ Brown thinks you're good, probably a pretty good sign. And as Kyle said, really, it just there was just so much going on in 2022. And you know, there's a growing understanding that like target commanding is like a skill, mm-hmm. it, which of course makes sense. If you're good, they're gonna throw the ball to you. Um, so like uh, the, 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 like it's it's faulty to take the view like oh man now, now he's got a better quarterback a better offense he's going to get more targets but also you just can't divorce that from the fact that he was essentially not trying last year it's mm-hmm. not like and like and they just benched him and it was just a totally crazy situation and where we can't just be defined by the 13 percent target share from 2022 like there were genuine ex- extenuating circumstances still genuine reason to be concerned but that basically it is too early to, to say he's he's on like a bust trajectory and that 2023 is going to tell the tale. It, it was a dysfunctional situation between him and the team last year. You remember when he, I believe he was pr- thrown out of practice or told not to come to practice um, when he demanded a trade after like week four, Robert Sala kept saying, everything's fine. There's nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. But he kept, you know, he was deactivated. He was in street clothes. He wasn't even with the team for a while. So that, I've got, a, I've got a good one. I've got a good one. Asked yeah. about this is from from Roto World. Asked about his chemistry with Zach Wilson. Elijah Moore said, "I don't know. I don't get the ball." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot just how this was toxic. This is a bad workplace environment he was in last year. Well, when you, I mean, the the, the frustration with the Jets was was obvious, and and I think for good reason because. Beyond quarterback, they had a really good team. They had there's no reason the Jets should have missed the playoffs last year. They were a playoff team if they even got passable quarterback play, and instead they got league worst quarterback play. And so these receivers, look, you put Garrett Wilson in this situation for long enough, everybody's going to sour on him too because he he cannot he cannot stand out. He cannot ex, uh, excel in that environment. Yeah, speaking of just the Jets being a quarterback away, I mean we all. I mean, we've all like basically shared that belief and pretty much everyone shared that belief. I'm working on my, my annual coach rankings right now and doing a deep dive on the Jets 2022 season. is like, yeah, yeah, they really were just a quarterback away. And also the Robert Sala, who really did not impress as a rookie head coach, allowed the most points in the NFL, mm-hmm. ascended to allowing the fourth fewest points in the NFL last year, where the Jets are on an upward trajectory and they just need that old quarterback. And still think it might be Aaron Rodgers as we wait for Aaron Rodgers. They have signed Michael Hardman as part of their, uh, it's hard to call it their Elijah Moore replacement plan, but as they're getting ready for Aaron Rodgers plan one year, six and a half million dollar deal for Michael Hardman who's recovering from a pelvis injury that just would not heal last year for yeah. the chiefs would not like 
they kept saying he was going to come back like every week for like nine weeks in a row. And then every Friday, but yeah, never mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Pelvis is still really hurting him. And I don't even really know what that entails. Your pelvis hurting, but it hurt quite badly for Michael Hardman. He's now a New York jet. I mean, the guy had an entire rookie contract, Patrick Mahomes. Can we really say our expectations go up at all going to the jets with Aaron Rodgers? Is anything to cling to with Michael Hardman or just, what we saw in Kansas City is what we are going to continue to get in New York. Uh, I I just think he's a gadget. He's probably just a gadget <laughs> guy, and I and I I want him to be more. Like I I think he's he is an exciting player. Uh, he's th- probably the fastest guy on the field at any given moment. But you know, none of the peripheral numbers show a guy who's improved or been utilized in in uh, in ways that show growth a, a, as a receiver. I actually plays with a good quarterback, didn't he? Yeah, right, right. That's all. That's all he needs. Just like Juju, just wait one. If he had, if Juju gets one year with a good quarterback, just watch. Um, yeah, and and uh, I think you know in a Rogers offense, if if he ends up in New York, I guess uh, he, he could be used as you know a, a, an East West sort of trick play gadget play guy. Uh, but I, I just I don't I don't think that he's fantasy relevant. Let's just let's just say that unless unless the Jets have. Um, you know, horrific uh, receiver injury luck. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, that's how I feel. It's like, oh, you had four seasons with Andy Reid as your head coach, with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, and you couldn't break out. Like, the final year, you didn't have – your team had no number one receiver. Like, I get he was injured, but he he wasn't any more efficient. He was – it was like his worst year by yards per route run. His yards per route run slowly trickled down every single year since his rookie season. Like, He's kind of proven to us who he is. I, I think there's a chance for a breakout that a coach sees and uses him differently, but he was like a gadget player coming into the NFL, a gadget player through four years. They haven't like you'd you'd think, oh, well, at least he he's a burner. He can get downfield and get behind you. He doesn't actually get used deep downfield either. So he's got like a mismatch of or at least an underutilization of his skills. And it's probably not an underutilization. It's coaches realizing his limitations, not physically, but as a player, as a skill set. So yeah, I mean, I think he'll probably pop up for some big games here and there, but like the distance between here and there, as I just said, is going to be weeks, many of them, months possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only real hope would be so he came from one of the best, if one of the best, if not the best coaching staffs in the entire NFL. But even even with that being the case, sometimes it just takes a different coach seeing you and figuring out. So even Andy Reid could have been wrong about Michael Hardman, is what I was trying to say, sure. but it's Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, like, this <laughs> no. is really Nathaniel Hackett. But it's Nathaniel. It's not going to unlock Michael Hardman. Um, Nathaniel yeah. Hackett has promised never to unlock anyone. It's you know, true. It's true. He's trying. He's, well, I'm, honey, I'm locked out of the house yet again. <laughs> He's right in there. And, Just unlock yeah, it. Wouldn't, wouldn't you know it? Uh, honey, I've told you. Remember, you put the spare key. Uh, right there on the window ledge, visible to everyone. So why don't you just use that to get in? Oh, thank you, honey. Um, this is not a very funny Nathaniel Hackett yeah. riff here. But the riff being, you know, oh, never mind. You know uh, what? Not, nothing with Nathaniel Hackett is funny, nor will it be funny this year when the Jets' offense is bad. No, uh, man, by the way, do we, I mean, are we to the point where as nihilists, we, we want the Rodgers thing to fall through? Oh, uh, that'd be really fun. That'd be interesting. I, I not, don't. For, not at all. A huge portion of our audience is Jets fans, but we're all Midwestern nihilists, Denny, an Eastern mm-hmm. Seaboard nihilist. I mean, uh, I, 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 yeah, I love I, chaos. Not, we can't this do is no Jets fans, can we? 
Uh, no, we can. We can do that to the Jets fans. They've got there are other good teams in New York. Choose one of those teams. Yankees. Be a Yankees fan or whatever. I don't they're, know. They're Even though like, our- I mean, they have no plan B. Their plan B is Zach Wilson. That's no plan. Real quick, let's do a debate. Who in the Aaron Rodgers situation actually has the leverage? Because this has been an ongoing debate on Twitter. Like, like who who has the blink first? Like, is it the Packers or the Jets? I honestly think the Jets have the leverage because the Packers cannot have this guy around. They just cannot have this guy around. And I feel like the Jets can basically smoke the Packers out. Some people, very smart people, have the opposite view. What do you guys? Who do you guys think actually has the leverage in the Jets? Aaron Rodgers situation. I think the public. No, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, no, probably Aaron. Part of the people. Probably the it's probably the Jets because of the Packers having to figure out a way to to trade this contract. I mean, this like Titanic contract, and and I mean that that that's the hang up is like, how do we get rid of this thing and not pay dearly? Um, I, I I still you know I know it's hindsight and everything, but even at the time when he signed that. Wasn't it last offseason? It was last offseason, yes. Why? Why did they do that? That was the time. He had one back-to-back MVPs. That was No, that was the time to cut bait, to say, all right, like, we don't like you. You don't like us. You're toxic. You're clear. You know, you're, you're, you're 100 years old. We have Jordan Love. Move on. They should have moved on. That should have been an easy call. It is. I agree. It's just a weird debate because the Jets need him so bad. The Packers. Have yeah, to get I think that's so that's where it, it kind of comes down to me is, is like you said, they missed the playoffs last year. The team was horrible the year before that. Joe Douglas is still looking for his first winning season. Uh, he hasn't been that close. His best season seven and nine in his first year as the general manager. Like. The house is getting cleaned. If this falls through and they're forced to go with Zach Wilson or like. I literally cannot think of another option. Even the no one's available. Like even Gardner Minshew has been signed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like Andy Dalton got signed. Like Minshew got signed. Obviously, Mike White. like the high end. Yeah, Mike White. They can't bring Mike White back. Exactly. No? Like they would be. What would they do? Streveler season, baby. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Run no, option. Streveler season, baby. Yes. Right, imagine right. you got Nathaniel Hackett with Russ, and that was a dumpster. <laughs> like imagine him with Streveler. They, yeah. they like. House probably gets cleaned if this falls through because they don't have another option. They're maybe hoping like Will Levis falls to them. They can try and go with like Hennon Hooker in the second or the or like the trade market for trade back for Mike White, and like get, bring him back in. They get I mean, it's over for them. For I guess the Jets involved. are Rogers. He is already on the Packers books. I mean, they they desperately yeah. want this guy out of there. But I guess, yeah, he's already on the books. It's like I guess they yeah, they're not going to be uncapped. Compli- they're not yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Out of the, out of like not compliant with the cap, if they hold on to him, like they'll work around that. Uh, it would just be more like, do you actually tell him like, take the year off if we're playing Jordan Love? Because clearly that's what they would like. Almost that would want be their him. only other option is trade him yeah. or keep him uh, on the roster. But tell him. I think it's also him. very possible that if they keep him, he just retires, which helps the problem a bit. He won't I'm retire. He wants the check. He's he's not going to retire. So it'd be like the, like the Deshaun Watson situation. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Where he's on the roster and they just tell him to go home. That that would now that would be an amazing scenario where you you say, hey, legendary quarterback, come back home, 
and you are deactivated for the whole season. Don't even show oh, up at the game. So fun. I, I just love like I, I you know, he like he did be uh hilarious. Just I get it. It comes at the expense of both, probably pack definitely at the expense of both Packers fans and Jets fans. But like I do love when we get like true soap opera drama. And we the like, NFL yeah. doesn't give us a ton of that, right? That's more of a basketball thing. So I love when we get it. We do like chaos. We love our chaos. And we're sorry to the Jets fans listening, who there are many, many Jets fans listening. It's a enormous football market. They comprise a shockingly high percentage of our readership. Uh, we're sorry, Jets fans, for rooting for <laughs> chaos. Um, speaking of Jets fans, uh, they've had to worry about those Buffalo Bills a lot the past few years. Can't beat them. Can't pass them in the division. The Bills, who I can't ever figure out what they want to do at running back, have let Devin Singletary walk. They have brought in former division foe Damian Harris, a one-year, barely $1 million deal. Everyone thought the Jets – or the Bills have been so desperately pursuing a pass-catching back for so long. I guess they think they finally have that in James Cook. Right. Not ready to give the early downs to James Cook, so they bring in the hammer, Damian Harris. Uh, can he be more valuable than Devin Singletary was, who the Bills never, ever wanted to be the hammer or the third-down guy, but they could never find anyone better than him, so they just kept playing him. Uh, do, do we think Damian Harris, the star there, can be more fantasy valuable in Buffalo than Devin Singletary was? Denny Carter. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, the Bills, they don't they don't run the ball. Like they, you know, even when they have game script on their side, you have Josh Allen, you know, rushing the ball, especially, you know, inside the 20, inside the 10. Um unless they're trying to get away from that, which I don't know why they would be doing that uh, uh, besides for maybe for health reasons, for longevity reasons for, for Allen, but it's so effective. He's so effective in that area. I can't imagine they're saying, well, we're going to bring Damian Harrison to run up the middle on, uh, on, on first and goal from the six, you know, like I just, I just, I can't really see that from a pretty smart team uh, in the bills. I, I do think obviously, you know, any, any, thought that James Cook was going to be a guy who's seeing 15 touches, not carries, but 15 touches again. That's out the window completely. Um, but that was always very unlikely. They were going to draft somebody. They were going to sign somebody who would take on that early down role. Da- Damian Harris has touchdown, some touchdown appeal in touchdown based appeal in this Buffalo offense. But besides that, I just don't see anything. I can maybe see me at one notch above Devin Singletary, who could just never, ever get that goal line role. And at least Damian Harris has like experience and is like branded as a goal line back, which is silly, but like coaches seem to really, really pay attention to that stuff. And if one coaching staff typecast you, it's amazing how many like further coaching staffs are willing to say, yeah, they were right. Uh, he's the only thing he can do is score touchdowns. So we got to give him the tutters. I, I don't say that word. They say that word. <laughs> an angry review uh, about saying tutters or tutties. We're going to get angry reviews. This is how they talk. And but yeah, I could see maybe because you said only for health reasons for Josh Allen that that could arrive in 2023 after the elbow basically almost fully derailed his and their season. Maybe this will will be the year. They're like, yeah, we probably don't need Josh Allen to be Superman in the red zone uh, every drive. And maybe Damian Harris could get that. Devin Singletary was not rugged enough. I mean, Kyle, you want to break no. the tie between Denny and I? What do you think? I lean on your side, especially because you said maybe he could be a little better, right? You weren't going yeah, off yeah, the yeah, yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think he's probably a better pure between the tackles type of runner 
than Devin Singletary. He earned top five PFF rushing grades in two of the past three years. Last year, he was still top 30. He was banged up and didn't get as much work. And he had a, a okay season last year. He was 23rd in rush yards over expected per attempt. That was also better than Devin Singletary. And, and really, like I think the thing that uh, helped Devin Singletary's fantasy output was that he has at least 38 catches in each of the past three years, but he's consistently one of the worst running backs in yards per route run. So he's I don't so think that was inefficient, Kyle. It's like he's yeah, like stunningly inefficient as a pass. Catcher. Yet he still gets to nearly 40 catches every season. So that tells me that his his receiving value really isn't something that he was going out and earning above replacement. That tells me that there are about 40 catches to go around to the running backs that were playing Singletary's role. He was just the guy in that role. Harris actually has a better yards per out run on his career. It's not great. It's really pretty replacement level, but replacement level will be an upgrade. And I think James Cook probably ultimately serves as more of the pass catching back to this team. He is built for that to a T, but maybe we see Harris get some of that. Maybe we see him get some more goal line work. And I think he's a better runner. So yeah, I think the fact that we got sort of, as you would call it, the scammy PPR value, and I'm not sure that uh, Harris comes in and gets that, that could just go to James Cook. I guess I'd lean towards Cook having like fewer than 1,100 yards from scrimmage and seven touchdowns, which is like the average for uh, for um, Devin Singletary over the past two years. But could he get more than that by being a better runner and surprising us by getting a similar receiving role and maybe getting more touchdowns? Because like, they definitely had to play differently with Josh Allen's elbow detaching last year. Like yeah. their, their pass rate over expected plummeted to like 2% over the second half of the year. They were not the same team. They don't, they want to avoid that essentially at all costs. Maybe that means giving some more goal line work to Damian Harris. Maybe it doesn't, maybe they still just do the thing with Josh Allen. I'd say maybe there's a little more upside because I just think he's a better player and maybe there's goal line work. But like you said, we're not like, He's fine. It's a fine signing. I think it's a good value signing for them. He's got really good, a good value signing. Him. I don't know why, like the Chargers or something, didn't give him like three million dollars. There's a lot of teams yeah. that could have used Damian Harris. Denny, I mean, so with we know James Cook's gonna be probably the preferred pass catching back. Do we think it's guaranteed that he scores more PPR points than Damian Harris, though? Yes. Um, you yes. think so? I'm, what do you? I, I, yeah, I think J- James Cook was very impressive. I think it's gonna be frustratingly close because <laughs> I just think the Bills have done this thing, like it happened with Duke Johnson, like. Uh, James Cook, he's a pass catcher. Nothing we can do about it. Um, yeah, yeah. And catch passes. Obviously, uh, uh, kind of an absurd touchdown lucky season for Damian Harris would make this take look ridiculous because if he scores like 10 or 12 touchdowns, then Which he has he's going to score. He's going to score more more points for sure than than James Cook. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking as, as we're talking because you, what just for the, the young folks out there trying to break into the industry, the best thing to do is to research – during the podcast because you know you don't want to do it before you want to do it in the heat of the moment you try to listen with one ear and then focus with the other ear uh and and uh what i'm seeing is that devin singletary and damian harris last year were basically the same sort of runner so uh as far as yards after contact i do think damian harris to the eye test is a far superior runner to Although I do think maybe he got a little chewed up during See, his rookie contract. Singletary, I I don't know, man. Some of the some of the metrics, some of the analytics say Singletary has been pretty. And you're a Singletary hater. You have to remember this. You're well, first, of, I've been accused of being a Singletary lover for a while. Where I kept two years in a row, you know, he's just no one ever ever wants to draft Devin Singletary. Like ever, I've never once been in a fantasy draft. Like yeah, I hit Singletary yeah, on my board. And like yeah. every year I'd be like, all right, what it's like the seventh round. I'm like, he's the starting running back. Like I have to take him. <laughs> and then every year, like, nope, yep, didn't have to take him. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I do. He's not, he's not like all inspiring, but Damien's probably going to be a lot cheaper than we ever had to get with Devin Singletary too. And I think there's like a chance he goes out and plays a similar role that like James Cook. I still like you can watch James Cook and be like, he's super electric. Also, like he definitely just misread the blocks on this play, right? Like I can see the holes right there, and he just went to bounce it outside and took a two yard loss. Like he's he's definitely still a a work in progress, even though the ceiling I think for him is really strong. But like I could see Harris getting a meaningful split. I don't think it's a guarantee that James Cook outscores him. I think it's likely, but I think the market will price it that way at least. They might be pricing it closer to it's a guarantee. So I don't know. That's how I feel too. I think people are going to be like over their skis, like James Cook, like you got to hit the, hit the draft button. Like I blocked the inner key on my keyboard. I think it's, I think it's the opposite. I think people will say, uh, you got to get Damian Harris. He's going to be scoring 15 touchdowns and James Cook is going to be left for, for proverbial dead. By the way, are, like, no one in this industry is ever going to get excited about like the fifth yeah. year, like early down. Guy <laughs> about Damian Harris draft. last year, last year you had people out there going, you can't draft for Mondre. That's da- Damian Harris. He's there. Uh, He's I don't remember what, <laughs> I don't remember what day damien signed but over the past week so i think that gets most of him being signed he is the running back 44 on underdog adp james cook is 28 i believe oh well that's not that's i think i honestly think it's gonna stick like that man Uh, i kind of think so too because people just they don't no one wants to be the early down well i guess i'm taking damien harris (laughs) never by the way i'm doing more research as we're talking and i'm seeing more similarities (laughs) by the way, between Singletary. Singletary and Harris had the same yards before contact per carry, after contact. It's all the same. They're the same guy. There's no difference between good and bad things. <laughs> There's no difference between the first and second half of the show when we come back right after this and continue talking the second wave of NFL free agency. New MLB season, new rules, new stars. So pair it with the Roto World Baseball Draft Guide Get all the player profiles, rankings, and projections you need to hit your draft out of the park. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash draft guide and use promo code PENNANT25 to save 25% at checkout. That is promo code PENNANT25 to save 25% at checkout. The season starts a week from today. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to see breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates. Player news and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Got to get in that old Rotorola baseball draft guide and find some first base options after Reese Hoskins suffered a horrific knee injury on Thursday. I'm already down. Dang, man, that sucks. I had him on all my teams. He I was did literally have him in the – I was taking him in, what, the fourth 
I was a little behind that. He was like Devin Singletary. No one wanted to draft him, and I kept meeting okay. a first baseman and kept drafting him. Right. Now, Danny, what teams do you play for? I actually think I know this one unless he changed yeah, teams. He plays for the um, Brewers. Phillies, uh, right? Yeah, Philadelphia Phillies. Now Derek Hall is going to get a shot, uh, which you can read about in the Broadway Draft Guide. Matthew Poliot will be moving Derek Hall well up his rankings. We're still here talking about some football. I mean, I guess we should talk about Devin Singletary real quick, who is now on the Houston Texans for some reason. Uh, they needed to sign someone to pair with Damian, yeah. Damian Pierce. And Singletary, I mean, we just talked about – we kind of debated if he's actually a good player. Didn't he seem like he thinks he's a good player after researching him on the fly? Uh, he's, he's, he's been a Singletary-pilled finally after four years – uh, but I'll let you. So I'll let you get the first word on it, Denny. Uh, they had they they needed some sort of veteran presence in their backfield. They still just have so much money to spend. They don't have good players on the roster. I guess it's a harmless signing. But is it going to like take the fun out of Damian Pierce as an RB two? Just give us the lay of the land for Devin Singletary in the yeah, text. I mean, I I don't uh, I don't know if we can dismiss this as like a depth addition or or you know someone who's just going to give Damian Pierce a breather like it first of all the, the era of the workhorse running back obviously is over except for very few exceptions Damian Pierce is not going to be a workhorse and 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 if Devin Singletary is truly a bad pass catching back which all numbers seem to point to him being quite quite bad as a pass catcher then maybe Damian Pierce takes on that role in the Houston backfield uh, he saw three targets per game as as a rookie in, a, in an offense that really wasn't throwing much until the last month of, of the season. So, you know, and obviously there's going to be a lot of turnover. They have an analytics nerd at, at offensive coordinator now, Bobby, P, PFF Bobby. Uh, so maybe that maybe that, that changes. Things, uh, uh, but uh, but I, I, I thought this was there. a bit the first time you guys talked about this. And yeah, uh, Bobby Sloak was actually a PFF guy for I don't know exactly what his role was, but he was something at PFF yeah. for a bit. Yeah, he's he he's one of us. We finally got in there, guys. Uh, Just like and, we like we did with Mike McCarthy that time he spent like three days at PFF headquarters <laughs> before he, going to Dallas. He he was one of the uh, forty people to borrow my sub. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> PFF is not listening. Uh, my uh, my favorite story. Just real, we're gonna get get Singletary in a second, but my favorite story of Mike McCarthy's year off of coaching is that uh, he built a barn in which to study the analytics, uh, which uh, is, I mean, I wish like, you would have told me that before, <laughs> like before and, I was like doing, doing numbers for this team that year. But, and, and it, this begs the question, do we all have a barn? I have a barn. Do you guys where, where you go to study the numbers? I don't look at numbers anywhere else except for my barn. My family actually does have a barn okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, property. My grandfather bought 60 years ago, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry to make fun of Barnes then. Um, but but isn't it is it an analytics barn is the question. Anyway. No, you would choke to death on dust in there. In fact, we just had to tear it down. <laughs> so, uh, we're building a new one, though. You've been crying for three weeks about yes, it. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, Devin Singletary, early down guy. He's going he's, he's gonna to eat into Damian Pierce's uh, early down workload. Man, wow, that's pretty bleak. Do you have anything less bleak, Kyle? I mean – I'm kind of tempted to just not really worry about it too much because of how good Damian Pierce was as a rookie. But, uh, yeah, that is kind of like a, a famous last words with these situations. And Devin Singletary does seem like someone who's primed to be more loved by an NFL coaching staff than fantasy drafters. 
he's fine. Like he's like a middle of the road runner who doesn't do a ton of other things. Well, like Denny said, like I think Damien Pierce is a, a little better by some metrics last year. He was a lot better in previous years. Harris was actually really good in years before last year. He was like banged up and didn't play his best football. Whereas Singletary was kind of on the upward swing. It was maybe his best year. I like the fact he's not going to get a lot of money and that they have a highly drafted, really successful as a rookie running back ahead of him, like far more successful and just more workload than James Cook leads me to believe that like his split of the backfield, it's not a similar situation what we're going to get in Buffalo. His split of the backfield should be much stronger. I mean, he was one of the best tackle breakers in the NFL last year, like not the stickiest stat, but I think it will earn him more opportunities at least. And, you know, he could be a true tackle breaker. He might be in fact. So I'm not, incredibly concerned especially because our baseline was absolutely that they were going to add someone and it wasn't just going to be that's true like they they added mike boone a a few weeks ago or whatever like it was going to be someone more significant than that so with that coming into this that we're not getting 25 carries but could we get 16 17 plus a few catches i I still think that is certainly on the table just because singletary doesn't catch passes well at least doesn't run routes well at least uh and he's a fine but not not going to force the issue type of player as a runner it's less than ideal, but honestly, is it? As long as we were expecting them to add someone, this is almost as good as it could get. Like there are worse backs they could have added, but the worry was going to be they go out and like add a day two back. And this is far better than that for Damian Pierce. As yeah, well. I think that is the takeaway of the situation. We knew they were going to add a back just because first off, it's like what the Texans do. It's a position <laughs> they're always signing guys at. And that, yeah, Devin Singletary is not the worst possible outcome. So. No, it's it's not. Also, I, I do want to say about Damian Pierce, it's not that I'm down on him as a player. Uh, no, it's you're hard. down on him as a person. It, it's, right. It's a, it's a personal thing, yeah. a vendetta that I have. No, it, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to tell how good Damian Pierce can be in a functional offense because of how bad the Texans were last year. Uh, Pro Football Focus grades he, uh, graded Houston's uh, offensive line as the, as the third worst run-blocking unit uh, in the league last year. Also, uh, there's a there's a little thing called uh, where is it? Shoot, uh, called a uh, hit at the line rate. Okay, so uh, Damian Pierce was second, had the second highest hit at the line rate last year. Forty seven percent of his carries, he was hit at the line. The only guy with a higher rate was Nick Chubb. So I, you know, maybe with some daylight, Damian Pierce can do some more things and prove that he should be getting the, the 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 bulk of the touches in that Houston backfield. And this, I guess one more thing, too. I mean, D'Amico Ryans, Bobby Slowick, both come from the Shanahan coaching tree yeah. and known to use multiple backs, that coaching tree. And That's so right. well, I, they, didn't used to, they actually used to be known for guys who would rush for 2,000 yards. And, right, and get 38 but, touches yeah, a game. And Alfred uh, Moore is 1,600 yards as a rookie, but we don't. Devin, Devin Singletary becomes a, a, a good if not great, zero RB target. Yeah, yeah, because I knew that was coming. Denny will have Devin Singletary on every team. Every team, 100%. And the bank account will say zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is going to be a perfect zero RB guy. There's actually no debating that. So the Texans going out, adding some guys, the one-year deals who did not get signed in week one. Far more surprising than Devin Singletary not getting signed in week one of free agency with Dalton Schultz. Do find it fairly odd that no one would give this guy any guaranteed money in 2024. He's now a Houston Texan. He could be quite a factor for the Houston Texans, who are very, very low in returning pass catchers, especially after trading Brandon Cooks. Kyle, what do we think about Dalton Schultz, the Houston Texans, and 
Still, I mean, Dalton's a kind of a divisive player, but he's a proven pass catcher. I, I don't understand how he was limited to one-year offers. Yeah, I think it's just because he's not like like tight end position where a lot of guys can probably do a lot of things at replacement level. You can platoon your players, and he he's not like an elite pass catcher, but he's not like a mauling blocker. So there's not a ton of market because he's not a specialty player. You could just play multiple players at tight end and get somewhat similar production. I think he sold though. And his deal, it's like one year, nine something mil reminds me a lot of Evan Ingram's contract just mm-hmm. because it's like this short term prove it deal. And they could probably bring him. I mean, they'll have the money to bring him back next year if they want to. And if he produces well, and he's a fine pass catcher, he's far from elite, but two years ago, he was 12th in yards per route run seventh in PFF receiving grade last year. Those fell to 15th and 20th, but that's still above average to average starting level play. And he was dealing with Cooper Rush for at least a few games, right? So I think he's fine. And he's on a team that really needs guys to throw to. And they'll be better at throwing the football than they were last year. So I think he settles in at that, like, not a lot of ceiling tight end one range, which I tend to avoid. But if he falls in a draft to, like, the higher end of tight end two, which I'm sure he will, I think, like, his ADP is right now at tight end 11. He's fine. We have a a pool on... We have a full-on PPR scam going on here, guys. We do. Yeah, yeah, we could. have been running this one for you. This is like one of those really big ones. Like the Wall Street Journal has an article. Like, yeah, <laughs> they were taking this money for years, and no right. one in the accounting department of GE noticed this. Right. So the, we don't Dalton, know how they didn't, but they didn't. Dalton Schultz has been a, a PPR scam since the 70s, and no yes. one has reported on this. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, what you need is, uh, if you're not going to be an elite, tight end like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, you need massive route volume and you need target volume. Even if it's short targets, even if it's like little tiny a dot targets, Dalton Schultz can get that in, in this offense uh, from a PPR perspective. I think he could be kind of a fun, you know, five, six catch guy, maybe falls into some, some touchdowns, not a lot of target competition. I, I, uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate the addition here. I don't hate it either. And yeah, I think his market was probably limited just because he's just viewed as like a pure pass catcher. And we know that these guys just want tight ends to love blocking more than life itself. But yeah, the target a guy who's been a target commander in a far better offense, I think can be a target commander in this Houston Texans yes, offense. So. Exactly. And speaking of like catch first tight ends who like lost the respect of their coaching staffs because they don't like to block Mike Jacecki. Had a horrible year under the franchise tag. I still have no idea why the Dolphins <laughs> franchise tagged. Mike I think the tag that. is relatively cheap for like tight ends who are basically playing receiver. It is, but it was an enormous blunder because they did not even. They knew so that. quickly too. They knew in the middle of the summer that it wasn't going to work out. That was yeah. really what it was. It's not that like for his past production, it was a kind of a dumb tag. It's that they were able to tell right away that it wasn't a fit with him, which is kind of funny. Yeah, that was insane. So now he's gone to the Patriots, who I'm assuming really like their tight ends to block, but they also want anyone to catch passes, Danny Carter. Still a super crowded skill core. Nelson Aguilar is now gone in free agency, but like Jonas Smith is gone, but it's just like, yeah, where does Mike Jacecki fit uh, into this Patriots offense? I, look, I, w- I would hope that Mike Jacecki, Jacecki, and his agent talked with the Patriots about how he would like to be utilized on the football field before this signing. Because if it's going to be anything like Janu Smith, because I think I think the the dot connecting goes like this: you lose Janu, you bring in Gasecki, 
the these two cannot play the same position. The Dolphins tried that. They they tried to say, hey, Mike Kosecki, you see yourself as a big slot receiver. He has said this. He's been very open about this. I am a big slot receiver. He said those words. We're, we're going to we need you to be George Kittle in the 2022 season. <laughs> um, and, and by that, I mean a, a, a massive, as Kyle said a minute ago, a mauling blocker. I like that. Yeah, Kyle says uh, a large um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's so large. Yeah, and, 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 you know, Mike Kosecki said, no, I, uh, I ain't reading all that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was not reading all that. He was no. not going to read all that. And I, no. and I respect no. it. Um, if, if we could get him back to like a slot rate of like 70 to 75%, which is what he was in 2020 when he had a pretty, a pretty nice year, top 10 in yards per route run, <laughs> um, yeah, he, was and, not, uh, he wasn't going to read it. He wasn't going to do it. No, it, he was elite in yards per catch among tight ends. So I, I, if we can get back to that, I, I think that he could be interesting in the New England offense. If, if on the other hand, they're going to say, hey, put your hand on the dirt, Mike, and, and block that linebacker, then it's, the fantasy value he is completely gone. I think the Pats are just still in this weird situation, too, where, where there's too many bodies. And – like where they have so many people that they can't ever find defined roles for anyone. Like the past two years, it's like no one ever seemed like had a defined role beyond like Jacoby Myers. And like, I almost feel like they need to whittle it down just so people know their roles. The coaching staff knows their roles, like how this players may be used in the game plan. It just seems so sprawling and confusing and with like very average talent, like, <laughs> this is such a strange, strange offense. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't get this signing. Like, he's nothing like Jonu Smith. They literally couldn't be more opposites. Jonu Smith is like halfway to being an H back. He basically he is an H back. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a good H back too. He has one carry, like an eighty yard carry with the Titans. It still <laughs> haunts me to this day. It's such a cool carry, uh, and that's why he's so good for the Falcons. And he kind of made sense for the kind of made sense for the the Pats though. They didn't really seem to want to give him carries or whatever, but. He played like almost exclusively in line, barely in the slot. So it's not like he's coming in as that replacement. But Hunter Henry also plays a decent amount in the slot. I think about half of his snaps with the Patriots have come from the slot. So are they just going to sub him in as a slot receiver only on passing downs? And then are they just leaving Hunter Henry to block? Hunter Henry's not like a great blocker, though. So like it's kind of like you said, Pat, like they've got a lot of guys and I'm not really sure they know what they're doing with them. They're just like. They He's don't. a name I recognize. We play we play him twice a year. Get him on the get him on the roster. I really do think that's basically what it is. And Bill is down just so remarkably bad. <laughs> yeah. It is it is funny though. There, there's so many signings, and I wish I could have a list. This is another thing I should do. I should prepare for the show. <laughs> a, a, a list uh, of 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 signings where it was very clear that a team just saw this guy play last year and said, dang, that guy's good. We should get him. Someone was pointing that out. I think maybe it was the Raiders. Um, there was, oh man, there there was someone who was clearly that was the strategy they were pursuing. And <laughs> like you, uh, like like they know. they have like you know this this franchise worth billions of dollars. They invest millions of dollars in evaluation of players. They hire you know armies of people to study every aspect of a player's life. And it really just boils down to that guy. That guy kicked our butt last year. We should probably Devin get Singletary him. almost certainly had 136 yards from scrimmage at some point against you, the Texans. You don't even have to look. You don't. No, even have to you look. don't have to look. Uh, you do not have to look. So yeah, the only thing better than having a big game against you is, of course, playing for you with another franchise. That 
that is really the holy grail actually yeah. is did you play for me when i worked for another franchise that has since fired me of course which is the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> no, it's just really, really quite something that that's that's what it boils down to. I know Kyle's looking it up, aren't you, Kyle? That's uh, oh, quite something, by the way. The Dallas Cowboys finally released Ezekiel Elliott. Kyle will get to us with that stat in a minute. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting he has narrowed his options to the Eagles, Jets, and Bengals. And I'm I'm so tired, <laughs> so, so tired of talking about Zeke. Um, but I mean, does he move the needle? Any? I mean, he'd be a rim finisher oh, for the, for the Eagles or Bengals. He would be a rim finisher, um, where he would probably stay fantasy relevant. I guess maybe even with the Jets. Like is Zeke, any path to relevance? Twenty twenty three question mark? No, man. He's he he's really quite bad like he i don't i don't think that you get like a a rejuvenation at this point in your career if you're ezekiel elliott um so no no the answer is no i refuse even if he goes to the eagles i'll be you know best offensive line in the in in the league all this stuff it doesn't who cares who cares it's not it's still it doesn't Cowboys had a pretty good offensive line several of the years where he's been bad yeah it doesn't it doesn't fix it it doesn't fix what's wrong here with with ezekiel elliott which is that he had enormous usage over a matter of four or five years that, you know, take the, take the tread off. Okay. Take the tread off the old tires. That's what, that's what he's facing there. Now, am I saying that? Oh no. (laughs) Wait, wait. If he signs with Philadelphia, am I saying that he's not going to run for a hundred yards and four touchdowns against the Cowboys? Oh yeah. Yeah, In the first, in the first meeting. I, I am not saying that will happen. I just want to just want to be on the right. hundred yards, four touchdowns. So better in best ball. Um, left behind <laughs> in Dallas, by the way. Tony Pollard signed his franchise tag on Thursday. They haven't done much of a post Zeke plan yet. They signed Ronald Jones, but like Rojo's the kind of guy at this point. Where like he might not even make the fifty-three man roster. No, he probably won't. He probably nothing. Won't. Nothing to Kyle. No Rojo thoughts, right? Now, still working and well done working on Devin Singletary playing the Texans twice in his career, once yeah. 14 for 79, a pretty mm-hmm. healthy 5.6 yards per carry, and once in the playoffs. Houston made the playoffs in 2019. <laughs> who would have guessed? Uh, 13 for 58, but a 6 for 76 receiving line. So I'd say, you know, he didn't kill them, but two good games against oh, in the, the time they played him in the regular season, they beat them 40 to nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's one of the reasons he's there. We and just, we, yes. Thank you, Kyle, for uncovering crack the case. He's their large adult son. Again, I, I want to emphasize how important it is to not do any preparation before the show to do it during the show. You know, the Raiders didn't do any preparation for free agency. It's why they signed Austin Hooper, but I don't even want to talk about that. I mean, oh, what a depressing signing. There's nothing really to say there, right? Well, no, um, no, it it doesn't even matter what ha- it doesn't matter. They could lose Devonte Adams some some way, and still Austin Hooper wouldn't. No, matter. wouldn't matter. Man, who the Cleveland Browns making him the highest paid tight end in football? It seemed like maybe that didn't work out. And I have to say, there were people defending that contract. Well, you don't. You, Austin Hooper is a solid football man. Come on, come on. That that was that was out of nowhere. Uh, that that contract. There, I have no idea what the what the plan was for Austin Hooper and Cleveland. Didn't have one. Didn't have one. So we do now have a plan to end the show. Uh, so we're gonna end it. I'm sorry if there's some other topics you guys wanted to go to. I see maybe sadness in your eyes. But, uh, <laughs> no, that's just 
Uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, JSN, as he's known, rigging his 40 time at some point. Kyle insists to me is actually fast. I said it was slow. Dude, this is uh, a whole new, whole new other pod topic. The, you know, I've got – look, here we go. We're at the end of the show. I've got uh, rookie content coming out. I have my Dynasty tight ends, top 10 ranked. So we will have a long runway to talk about Dynasty players. And my JSN spiel is much more than the time we have allotted left. So a little teaser for next week. Yeah, check it out. Kyle has been pumping out a lot of amazing stuff. Danny, you got an article out on an underrated running backs this week. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, yeah, yeah. No, uh, you, you should read it before the season starts. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. I promise. I will read it before Monday show. I bet we, we will probably talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I have free agency recap still on the site. There's been some new signings since then, but still holding up pretty well. Working on my annual coach rankings. Hope to have those up out before 2024. Um, so... We have that to look forward to. And, yeah, we have more podcasts next week to look forward to. So for Kyle Dvorak, for Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. We hope you had a good time. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.